in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hello, hello. We're back again. We are. I'm Holly, and this is Nora, and we are the two white chicks in China. This is episode eighty-eight. Coming from Shenzhen. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and we have been enjoying a very particularly pleasant spring over here in Shenzhen, haven't we? It is. It's been it's been lovely. So cool and breezy. Usually we'd be drowning、mm-hmm. in the heat by now, but it's been gorgeous. Yeah. Have you seen those like seeds with all like fluff inside? They look like cotton. Yeah. I I just think it's that's amazing. But it's everywhere. It's like it's snowing. Yes, yes, it is.、Mm-hmm. It's an allergy, al- allergic. Someone with seasonal allergies' worst nightmare, though I'm sure. Probably, yeah. All、oh, this like fluff and pollen floating around in the air, but for those of us who don't have to worry about that issue, it just feels like a winter wonderland in the middle of the summer. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, actually, while I was out yesterday, and it, it was re- it was it was nice. It wasn't too windy. It was just right, to be honest. And yeah, there was all this like fluff everywhere, and the dog was really enjoying himself, plodding <laughs> through it and sniffing it.、Um, and I don't know if you've seen this,、um, but on that、um, that that road that we walked down, which is Shenandoah, we've talked about about it quite a bit. I think it's like it runs straight through Shenzhen. They've they've put out these umbrella stands. I don't know if you've seen. This is a new thing. I, I definitely haven't seen them before. Like this, got just this weekend, just gone. You mean the rental umbrellas? No, they're、oh. free. So it's just a like a a bucket or two, you know, side by side buckets, and it ha- says on it,、um, "Help yourself to this umbrella and just return it to another bucket when you're done with it." Oh, yeah, it's re- I mean it's really cool, and they're all like jazzy umbrellas、um, that you can just borrow. I've seen the、uh, rental umbrellas around now, like a in the metro stations.、Uh, I've seen them. Cause I think they have like a little lock on them, so you can <laughs> hang them and then put like a lock on it、right. around like the railings by by streets. So、oh. I've seen them. Then you just scan the QR code、Obviously. to unlock them. I don't know how much they cost、mm-hmm. to, or if they even cost anything. I'm not sure.、Yeah. To rent, but you can just grab the umbrella, and then when you're done with it, you just right. I haven't seen those. Lock、ones. it back onto some other. Well, any any place that you can find that has like a. You know, like a railing or、yeah. something that it fits on. Yeah, it really got me thinking about all these like conveniences that we we just steadily, like, take for granted or have become to t- take for granted. Like the umbrella thing is really cool. There's the bikes.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you can walk down the street and there's always a vendor selling water or you know juice or snacks and stuff. Like on the street, it's it's amazing, really. And I don't. I mean, maybe these things are will. At some point, appear back home, but I don't know. I think it's really cool. I feel like a lot of these things don't work well unless you have a large, large population. Population, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think maybe in the major cities, but even then, I'm I'm skeptical. Can you imagine what would happen in, let's say, New York if Mobike tried to go to New York? I, I feel like、imagine. there'd be a lot more vandalism with the bikes and stuff like that. Like in China, it's so every. Corner of the city is so heavily watched, and but there's still a lot of vandalism with those bikes. That it, it disappoints me, to be honest. Like I've seen quite a few just like thrown in the grass side, and some of them have been spray painted. Like why would you? I 
Oh, Why I haven't would you seen wish that as much. I mean, I definitely see them piled in different places. Yeah. Spe- not the mole bikes, though. The mole bikes no, seem to be... No, it's not mole bikes. Because the they're ones. so heavy, for one. And also, I feel like because the deposit for those is much higher, I feel like maybe the people who are using them take better care just because they don't want to lose their deposit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I do see piles of the other ones. But I'm not sure if it's because users do that or if it's like other people who are annoyed with the suddenly <laughs> increase of bikes tooling around the neighborhood that just get frustrated. It's not it's not the bikes, it's the incessant dinging. Yeah, yeah. People do love those bells. <sighs> ding with a purpose. Don't just ding. To ding. All the way <laughs> down the street. Some of them are just riding down the street yeah, and just, just going, like, They've ding, never ding, used ding, a ding, bell ding. before. They're just like with a huge smile on their face enjoying the sound. <laughs> I'm glad they're enjoying themselves. <laughs> They're annoying me. <laughs> okay, so um, we um, back in episode eighty-five. Um, we had an episode about um, movie etiquette in China, and our our pal China Bob um, commented to us about his experiences. Um, so at the beginning of that episode, it must have been raining, like it always does seem to be, and. We, he got talking about like typhoons, so he says, uh, Hi girls, haven't sweated out a number of big ones when I was living in Macau and Zhuhai. I can tell you that although there are many times when the weather reporter is crying wolf, there are also plenty of times when they um, are, gi- are giving valid warnings. My first typhoon season, we were living on the top floor of a 40-story apartment building, and I can tell you it was a bit scary. The chandeliers were swinging from the ceiling. The toilet bowl was sloshing out of the bowl, and my wife was getting seasick because the building was swaying so much. So be thankful, or he or she's crying wolf this time. Being on the street when a plate glass window crashes down near you from uh, thirty plus stories up is no fun either. That's yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I bet you We've they get rocked a little harder in Macau, I think, because they're an island. Yes, uh, I remember taking the boat trip from Macau back to Shenzhen with my parents and we hit it was it was also it wasn't a typhoon but it was very strong winds and rain Mm -hmm. and the boat was just bouncing off the waves and um, we hit one of the waves and actually a bunch of the windows shattered in the boat and like people were Everybody, yeah, people were screaming, everybody was throwing up, like, people were, like, thinking that they they were gonna die, like, so much panic going on in the boat, and they were driving, because you know they drive those things at full speed, it was, it was really scary, actually, um, so yeah, I think Macau has a... Oh, it's yeah, a little more vulnerable just because it's Juhai literally... is like right on there, this, the, the yeah. water, right? But Shenzhen's like in a bay, so most of the city, I mean, you're very close to the sea, and a lot of the city mm. is quite close to the sea, but it's still not like an island. Yeah, it's defended a bit, I think. Protected, yeah, rather. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, it's funny because when I read this comment, I actually saw a notice in our, in one of the lifts in my building saying, like, be careful of. Like, it's typhoon season, like, prepare yourself, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you meant to do for the next, like, four months while it's typhoon season. <laughs> I don't know, I guess just... Just stay inside, don't go outside. Ever. Take your plants and things in the inside or okay. something, I don't know. You can usually tell when there's going to be bad weather, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think you need to worry too much. Yet. <laughs> uh, anyway, to continue, he says, as, as for the movie theatre experiences here... 
uh, I think Cameron, who Cameron was, who asked us a question, was talking about the Macau movie experience, hence the mention of the mainland. I myself don't recall having many bad experiences either in Macau or the mainland. I went to see Gardens of the Galaxy 2 last weekend here in Beijing, and like usual, no problem. Except I imagine there was bits of it taken out. Just, yeah. just saying, just saying. Except for the sweet popcorn crap. <laughs> we usually pop a couple of bags of microwave popcorn before we leave and take it with us. There are a few theatres that offer both, though. Uh, maybe it's just Shenzhen's. I've only been to cinemas in Beijing, Macau, Hong Kong, and Chongqing, and don't ever recall a bad experience. This made me think that maybe I was just being a money. I think money. Bob is a uh, tolerant guy, though, too. I think maybe. he might be more... Yeah, I suppose Forgiving he's, he's been are. here for so long, like, <laughs> he's probably just gotten used to it and just been, he can probably, zo- I mean, maybe he can just, like, zone it out, whereas I've not learned to do that. Yeah. I'm telling you, the last movie that I went to, the kid was kicking the back of my chair the entire time, and I kept turning around and looking at the parents, and they did nothing. They knew, they could, they were watching him do it, and mental. they did nothing about it. Yeah. So it was... It's not good. Yeah, but maybe, I don't know, maybe we're unlucky. <laughs> no, I've been to the, I mean, I don't go to the cinema often because I, I already know what the, exp- I, I already know what the experience is going to be like. I'm not, I'm going to get annoyed because I'm going to be able to see the person several rows in front of me using their phone during the movie and it's just going to ruin it for me. So I don't go to the cinema very often. Um, so... I don't think it's. I don't. I, I, every time I've been, there's been something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even if it was something really small, too. it's still <laughs> annoying. Um, so he says, um, CRI Radio does a live show Monday through Friday and also uh, replays on podcasts. So if you look for it, you can find an episode where 3D films were talked about. And they brought up the fact that the mega cinema groups you, uh, actually request some 2D films to be modified into 3D because you can charge extra for the tickets and for the glasses. You always you have to hear, like at home you just like rent them. I think you put a deposit down and you give them back at the end. But here you, you always have to buy your three D glasses. Huh. And the ones that clip on, they have special ones that clip on to if people wear glasses normally, and they're even more expensive. It's like penalising people because they already wear glasses. I don't mm. know. I think it's shocking. Uh, and finally, his last point is about product placement. Um. He says that um, Chinese placement, uh, product placement in American films, uh, sorry, big, uh, sorry, American film companies get big incentives and preferential treatment from the government here to add a number of Chinese actors and all production work here. Product placements earn the money as well. Um, they'll do it until it costs them money by people not attending the films because of it. But the Chinese don't seem to care. I mean, look at their TV. It's horrible. They've got ads popping up in the corners of the screen added by the station. Plus, the station logo is always there in the left, uh, in the upper left corner. TV is impossible to watch without seeing all that um, at the same time. It's obscene. Oh, and there is a drive-in in Beijing, though I've never seen it. Keep up the great work, Bob. Ah, oh, I didn't know there was a drive-in. I've never done drive-in. We talked about that, didn't we? Because you said there's a drive-in near your home or yes. in your hometown. Yeah. And I would definitely like to do that. Yeah, it's fun. Because all I just imagine are the, is the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to add a little note about the product placement thing. This isn't product placement, it's just about advertisements. So I've noticed on here, like the bus stops always have massive advertisements. 
and there's a new McDonald's advert, and it looks as though it has um, a chef who's called uh, Marco Pierre White, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's now advertising for McDonald's. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't believe that at all that he would agree to that, or he would never do that at back, like back home. Oh, I'm sure he wouldn't do it back home. That's we talked about that though in that episode, yeah. didn't we? About how, uh, oh no, was it that one or maybe it was a couple of episodes back where um, like actors who would never take usually, those like yeah. ad campaigns, but they do it in China because like they know that they're yeah. far away from their yeah. But that was really US shock- fan base. That was really shocking to me that he was doing an advertisement for McDonald's. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that he actually did it because yeah. it doesn't look like it's some hacked-together no, Photoshop thing, and it. It McDonald's is a big enough corporation where they know they'll be in trouble if they just, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stick a celebrity yeah. in their ads, but, um... I was, I was taken aback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> find it bizarre. Anyway, um, I've got a, a very short news post for you this week. I, I chose this one just because it was utterly bizarre. Uh, so, this, the headline is, Teenager sets fire to ATM, extinguishes flames with his own pee after getting <laughs> fired from his job. Oh. Uh, so, basically, he got fired from his job in a factory, so the young man decides to take his vengeance out on the world the best, noi- best way he knows how. So, surveillance footage gets him at an ATM in a, a Shanghai bank. Uh, so, he uses black marker to cover the TV. Hmm. Uh, but you can still see see still right. see him do it. And he takes a hammer and he smashes the ATM. And he takes out a small container of lighter fluid, squirts it on the ATM. Then he sets it alight, and then he wheezes all over it. <laughs> so <laughs> he's not trying to get the money out of the ATM. No, no. He said uh, the reason he did it was because since he can't get, he doesn't have any money. He's going to make sure that other people can't get their money. <laughs> <laughs> one ATM no. to watch it. I mean, honestly, um, turns uh, out unfortunately that um, so he was arrested and apparently the the damage he did to the ATM was a hundred twenty thousand RMB. Whoa! Who knew those things were so expensive? Whoa! 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 Hundred and twenty thousand. Those are some pricey ATMs. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that was... I know it's a ridiculous story, but I was just... I just thought this is just mental. He was, he was only 19, so I guess he's got a bit of growing up to do. Who mm-hmm. knows what'll happen to him. Anyway, uh, our question this week comes from uh, Rosemary Wilkinson. And uh, she says, Hi girls, I have a question about love life in China. If a man is quite plump, is he seen as attractive to females? <laughs> uh, because he's more than likely well off financially. Uh, if not, what are some typical attractive traits in males that Chinese females look for? Uh, this is a very superficial question, um, sorry, but I'm just interested in what might be attractive at first sight here, compared to how perhaps many Western girls might see Muslim men uh, as attractive at first sight. Hmm. That's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> and we've, uh, we've had fun quizzing Champson this morning about her opinions. Uh... So, yeah, Nora, you want to start us off? Oh, sure. Um, It seems like being tall is on the top of the list. Yeah. It's one of the things that Chinese girls measure as attractive. So, apart from facial features and stuff like that, tall is 
such an important aspect mm. in China. They have this expression, Gao Fu Shui, which means, mm. which is like kind of the way to describe the perfect man, similar to like our, when we say tall, dark, and handsome, something like that. But yeah. in their case, it's tall, rich, and handsome. Gao Fu Shui. So that's, that's definitely high on the list. We asked her a little bit about like body type. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, it seems like it kind of fits into what I've said, because um, when the question is talking about, like, fat, whether, like, yeah. if, I think probably that would be, have been the case in ancient China, if, you know, you see those old um, paintings on porcelain of, like, these really, really fat emperors and yeah. empresses, and um, I think that in that era, as in the West, too, for an yeah. for an era like the the fatter you were, it was more attributed to your wealth, and yeah. opulence, whatever. Definitely. But today in China, I don't think that's the case. Although I think that they're a little bit more tolerant to a little bit of fat. Like it if, sounds like it. Yeah, like if a guy has a little bit of is like kind of pudgy, you would say, then they they think he's cute. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, I think a little bit different. From the West, because mm-hmm. I think pudgy guys—they're always self-conscious about their weight, even if they're just a little bit overweight. They like to try to work to slim down. Yeah, um, and she also said that muscles, you know, were not really very attractive. Seems as though they'd rather have a, you know, just like sort of in between, not not too not too skinny, but you know. Muscles are—they're not really bothered about muscles, I don't think. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it seemed, anyway. Yeah, not too thin, not too fit. She said that if you're really muscly, people will think that you're gay because, yeah. uh, especially if you're a gym rat, like yeah, if you're in if the gym, you spend a lot. a lot of time on yourself and your own appearance. Yeah, she said that a lot of the guys who look too chic, were her words, <laughs> would be perceived as gay mm-hmm. in China. Just because they, if they're spending too much time on their looks, then then uh, it's more likely that they're gay. It's interesting though. I wonder about because you see these hair salons where these guys spend. You know, the other day when we went to eat shao kao for mm-hmm. barbecue, we saw we were sitting across from a hair salon, yeah. and we saw these guys spend you know forty five minutes just teasing their hair. Yeah, with a blow dryer, spent more time on the hair than I, I've ever done. I think. Their hairstyles look crazy. I like I like how they look on them. They kind of look like cartoonish. Yeah, they do like anime. Style. Yeah, like anime. Yeah. yeah, but they have some crazy, crazy hairstyles here for sure for yeah. men. Uh, but I guess their hair is all like, um, like coarse. I mm-hmm. guess it's quite. They can make it just stand yeah, it up just straight. Yeah, just stands up straight. They don't. I don't even think most of them use any products. They just know how to blow dry their hair. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, so that it just stands like that the whole day. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some crazy, like, I'm, I'm, it remind. yeah, like you said, it reminds me of, you of, like, cartoon characters. And I'm trying to think of one that it, it does bring, like, spring to mind, like, these sort of, like, uh, wigs, you know, the French would wear, that kind of stuff. It's almost, some of them are so big, like, they're just, like, on top of the head. You wonder, where did the hair come from to, to be on there? Like, yeah. And they, in general, their proportions, their heads are usually larger for their bodies than in the West, too. So mm-hmm. they already have slightly larger heads, and then they have all this hair coming out. So it just, 
They look right. like these like lollipops or like like how I say these anime characters walking around, like huge head yeah. with all this hair going on, and then these thin bodies. Yeah, and it's made even worse because a lot of those lads who work in the salons are quite petite. Yeah, and they Often. wear like super tight yeah. clothing too. And florals are really in yeah. for men in Guangdong. So yeah. you have like floral pants and like a floral button up shirt and like super, super skin tight clothes. Yeah. And then this Definitely. massive head of spiky hair. It's very, it's quite a thing to see, I would say. Yeah, well, we should try and get some pictures of those. Definitely. Kind of Definitely. It'll be an easy one to get for sure. Yeah. Um,. So, uh, Champson also said about, this is obviously not to do necessarily with looks, but I guess you could tell that someone might be older than you. And she said that older men are, uh, preferred up to like 10 years your senior. Um, because many <laughs> girls like to call their boyfriend, uh, uncle <laughs> or dad or brother. Um, Which is a little bit Freudian, I guess. Yeah. There's, um, I think, if I remember rightly, on one of the slang um, blog posts I wrote, there was something, there was a term that she, she, she we like we included in one of those. So maybe if you go to writtenchinese.com and just search for slang, I'm sure there was a term in there that like referred to uh, that women would use to refer to like men, you know, in this sort of sense. Mm, it's like you know, a like father figure, father, like older, like but but almost like a sugar dad, you know, like uh. sugar daddy, you know, in, in that kind of way. Huh. Yeah, in Latin America they do that too. They always say yeah. like poppy. Yes, yes. So I wonder that's that's interesting. But I can't imagine like calling my husband like, "Hey, daddy," you know, like <laughs> just just yeah, wouldn't it's, work. It's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> hey, uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's even worse because like people call taxi drivers uncle. Yeah, and th- that kind of thing. So it's a bit weird. It's a bit mm. strange. Um. Yeah, they think that older men are going to ha- have more experience, although she didn't specify what kind of experience. Just life experience, I, I guess think. so. I don't think she was talking about sexual I experience. I don't think so. That's just my mind. Yeah. Sorry. So dirty, bird. Mm, no. <laughs> and she said that they were probably more interesting, I suppose because they've got more life experience. Mm-hmm. And, of course, financially more stable, oh, yeah. generally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think she didn't really say that exactly. Mm-hmm. She never really said um, anything about money, but it's, I think that's a big thing. But she did mention a, like, a colleague of her friends who she said all the girls were after. Right, yeah, yeah. And she said he was a very average person, like average looks, all average around, height, yeah. average personality. But that he was working in like an investment company and did it did pretty well, and mm-hmm. so for that reason, people were. She said she wasn't sure if it was just for that reason, but she said for some reason this guy was attracting a lot of women. Yeah. So um, part uh, of it is career, I uh, guess. Oh, maybe just her friend was just not was just a bit turned off by him. Like maybe he's okay, really, but he just wasn't her type. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Who knows. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure how we got onto it, but we did. Oh no, sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. She also said that like smart guys were were appealing as well. You know, who doesn't? You know, you want to have be able to have a conversation with someone, don't you? Mm-hmm. She said if they look smart, also. So she said yeah. some guys will pretend to look <laughs> smart, <laughs> which I'm not sure how you do that. 
But I just guess wear throw a, some glasses. Yeah, on wear a pair of wire rimmed glasses, round rimmed glasses, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of round, I've heard <laughs> I've heard that having a round face in China is also seen as mm-hmm. very cute and um, good looking. Yeah. Well, we got onto um, sort of pop stars and what female fans find attractive in pop stars and actors and we looked at um, what was the name of the actor that uh, is he is he an actor or a singer actor i'm not even sure is he just a guy he's like a celebrity some kind of superstar his face is very like he has like a pointy chin almost right that's quite an attractive well it seems to be I, i mean personally i don't think it is it's a bit weird like for them it, it doesn't is, look though. natural to me at all yeah like a really pointed chin and yeah. then like a roundish face yeah. so it's like teardrop upside down teardrop yeah yeah face. and i think that um a lot of people have cosmetic surgery to get that sort of shape mm-hmm. face um and to look more like like to get uh to look similar to like koreans i think mm-hmm. um which is interesting because Koreans, I feel like, have... Because they're also obsessed with this, like, double eyelid thing. Yeah, right. And in Korea, I think their eyes look the most Asian. Like, they don't have... They all pretty much have a single eyelid and, like, very um, slanted, like, long eyes. Um, but in China, like, for some reason, the... Maybe because a lot of the Koreans... Because there's a lot of plastic surgery going on in oh, Korea, yeah. too. So maybe the... I'm just wondering what the aesthetic is because they don't like they they also prefer in China they prefer the double eyelids and a lot of people go to get plastic surgery. We, I don't know if we mentioned this on the show recently, but we were talking about this. Yeah, we did between I, the two of us. Yeah, yeah, and I've actually just recently, in fact, last week, just released a blog post about this. So. Yeah, and it's cheap to get it done here. Like, get another eyelid put in. <laughs> it sounds weird. It's just yeah. creating basically. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like creating the crease on your eyelid so that it looks like there's an upper part of your eyelid and a lower part of your eyelid as opposed to just like one flat piece of skin that covers your eye, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. But you see it all over here in Shenzhen, like in the metro, on buses, on, on billboards around, you see yeah. cosmetic surgery signs and getting the double eyelid is really inexpensive. Yeah, but... It's like a couple... But those see that when I when I was researching for that article, um, there are like legit hospitals that will do those procedures, and it's a couple of thousand, which actually uh, is still it's still not that sounds expensive. Sounds more reasonable though. But um, you know, I spoke to Chamson, and I also found things online that said there's a lot of like underground beauty salons uh, who will do those procedures super cheap. Like you're talking two hundred RMB. So creepy. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is. Dangerous stuff. Yeah, but cosmetic surgery is, like, on the rise in China, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, those Korean celebrities, as Holly was mentioning before, they also tend to look really, like, girly. Yeah. Very feminine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the men, sometimes you can't tell. Very, almost, yeah, I want to say androgynous, but it's not. It's actually, they do look more feminine than anything else. I yeah, and they're trying to make them look this way. I mean... They ma- they put them in kind of feminine clothes. They put a lot of makeup on them. But they're men. They're like they're supposed to be like sex idol. You know, like they're not supposed to look 
like drag queens or something no. like that. There's, they don't, though, do they? No, no, they, they don't, they, but they, they don't just... Like I mean, that. they're not dressing them up to look like women to be attractive to other men. No, 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 no. They're supposed to be attractive to women, yeah. but they just look like women. So I don't know. This one is confusing to me. Yeah, she yeah. said that those sort of stars... It's more appealing if they're very white, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, can you imagine that? Like, in, in the West, it's com- the complete opposite, really, isn't it? Yeah. Tanned is, is, Tanned you know, and muscly, right? Exactly. It's, like, fair and, you know, feminine. Yeah. Well, yeah, she said uh, long legs and long fingers are especially attractive in, in, in stars, like, you know, celebrities. Mm. Can't get my head around that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never look at a man and be like, ooh, look at how long his legs are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do appreciate a taller man, but I'm generally more interested in the upper half of the body than the lower. <laughs> I mean, let's not get into yeah, too deep. We, I'm digging myself into out. a hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying legs are not the first thing that I look at on a man, that's for sure. No. Maybe that's because if they've got like really skinny legs, it's a it's a like it's a good indicator that the rest of them are slim or something like hmm. tall, slender. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you have anything else about what uh, women look lo- look for in in men before we sort of flip over and talk about the opposite about what men look for in women? Hmm. Um, I think in, it just to sum it up in general, I feel like Chinese people are not as concerned with a man's body as in the West. Like, I think we put more emphasis on the physique in China. Yeah, do, yeah. Yeah, in China, Chamson, it seemed like the repeating theme when she was talking about men in China was that they were interesting. Yeah. That they they had similar and she kept she mentioned this like I forgot what the term was she was using in Chinese when yi, when she zhong wen yi nian something like that when when she zhong nian something like this anyway it's a term used to describe a man who is like she she said very literature which I think she means like well read and yeah isn't when yi isn't that literature and then it was like young person. Like young, like youthful, that's how it sort of sounded to me. Mm. It's, yeah, about these people who were like, um, yeah, well read and educated and sort of maybe almost like have their nose in books a lot. Yeah, they seem intellectual. To be, yeah, intellectual is the new sexy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So but, that's even more important than any of the physical features that she had yeah, mentioned. Yeah. And I, but I think that this, the way, like, ha- what Chamson told us is, is sort of the more modern, uh, like, um, more a more modern way to think about relationships in China. Because I feel like even, you know, like uh, the 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 generation before, um, even you know, like within the last ten years, I feel like choosing a man was more to do with their position and how much they earned, and less about how interesting they were. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just a stereo. I don't know if that's just a stereotype. Yeah, it's all. It's all. It's all stereotype. In fact, everything <laughs> we talked about is a is a big. Because of course, like, and she was also saying, oh, it depends on my friend, you know, whether uh, they like one, they prefer one person over another. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we didn't really look into too much detail about what uh, men would want in a woman, but when they're young, they do do seem to find cute appealing. Cute oh, definitely. I think that they really like this like helplessness definitely. that these Chinese women also kind of feign a lot of the time. Like, oh, this box is too heavy, or you yeah. know, they have like the men carry the women's handbags around. Um, because they're so heavy, and they're supposed to be these very fragile creatures. Yeah. And so, that's, that's, I feel like in the West, at least, I don't know how it is in the UK, maybe it's similar, like, in the US, men tend to go for, like, more fit women. Like, women who are physically, mm, I don't know. I think they like when a woman is, like, physically fit. Over, over them being like, oh, uh, I, don't I can't pick up this box. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think either of those fit in the box of what men back home go for. Mm. I don't know what it, I don't know. I can't pinpoint it to be honest. But I don't. Maybe things have changed. I've been away for like six years. It's yeah, it's possible too. Because even that, to be honest, even I feel like that fit woman thing. Has only like been sort of let's call it fashionable mm-hmm. for the last five years or so. Getting healthy, like eating well, you know. Okay, it was in California, let's say, for a long time before that. But back at home, like I didn't know anyone who went to the gym or did any exercise. Mm. Like not not in my circle of friends anyway. So back home, what do the men look for in yeah, women? That, Is it that, just? I'm not sure. That's what I'm saying. I'm not really certain. I think it's someone you can have a laugh with, especially in the north. Mm-hmm. I think most people probably meet. Um, if not at university, then if, you know through coll- like colleagues or friends. So you've all you've always got some sort of something in common, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't say anything about like laugh because I feel like that's all. It's a good point. Like in the West, high on the list is a man who's funny. Yeah. Like I've seen these really ugly men pull in beautiful women mm. because they're funny because women yeah. like to you know they if they're laughing and enjoying conversation they're willing to put up with you know like that that's the looks are secondary to yeah. that like funny men tend to do really well in the west but i'm not sure how it is here but you could argue that humor is attractive in itself like mm-hmm. oh it yeah definitely is i mean i don't know it makes a man charismatic and that's that can be sexy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she didn't say anything about no. No. That and I very rarely see. Actually, it was the first time in, I think, since being in China that Holly and I caught. There oh, yeah. was a couple of women who were um, near us at the coffee shop the <laughs> other day who were like laughing hysterically. You know, when you're laughing so hard that you, you can't wet yourself. Yeah, and they were like crying, and then like it, it was, was so nice. It actually, was so f- like yeah, because that was the first time I'd actually seen a Chinese person laugh like that. Like yeah. laugh With uncontrollably. That laughter, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, yeah, like they just they we didn't try and control themselves. That's that I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. Nice. I don't know if they know if they could. They were all mm-hmm. both like in hysterics, but um. <laughs> I, I don't see a lot of couples, like, I see them, like, obviously enjoying each other's company and being, like, real cute together and, like, dressing the same and stuff. So they're obviously enjoying being out and about and with yeah. each other, but I don't see a lot of laughter. But that's also, I think, a cultural thing, I too, because so I think for a while in China, laughing was kind of frowned upon as, like, a coarse 
um, you know, it's just kind of like uncivilized behavior. Yeah. Like even just like showing your teeth when you smile is also still, you know, when they smile a lot of times they'll cover their mouth and be <laughs> more shy about baring their teeth. Yeah. Um, so that's probably cultural, but that's a really stark difference, I think, between the East and the West. Yeah, I think that we've talked a little bit about joking before, I think, uh, humor in general, and jokes are not really the same. You know, it's there's often, we've said it before, like, you're, if you make a joke in Chinese, people say, oh, I'm joking, like, it's a joke. Yeah, there's never when they any tell it in between like... each other, like those, like Chinese friends, a lot of times will say to each other, even though they know each other and they're speaking their their native language. When they tell a joke, they'll say right after, "I'm joking." Yeah, which is really funny because you know, so I, I have a hard time joking. I don't think I've ever my jokes have ever really landed in Chinese because mm-hmm. I have to explicitly say that yeah, was a joke. <laughs> I wonder if it's more like to do with not wanting to offend someone that's part of it then think, then yeah. the the friend might not get the joke um, yeah it's part but, of it but they use i think their humor is is less like sort of verbal and more nowadays it's more like written i think there's so much like uh slang and puns online that they're joking in a different in a different way that we do mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Which is, my, it's really interesting, to be honest. It makes the written language super interesting to learn. It is, and difficult. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like using words which kind of sound like other words or which have references historically to other words to replace. Because, uh, you know, certain phrases and things are censored, so like they they have to like kind of mask the meaning a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it becomes very tricky, and they pick up a lot of slang, not just from... English, but also from Jap- Japan and Korea. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's yeah, a very big mix of things going on in their modern day dialect. Yeah, definitely. We've got quite a few articles on our written Chinese site, actually, if you're interested. You can search for slang, as I mentioned before, and also we've got a, an article on homophones, which is like Nara was saying, uh, how, um, uh, like, uh, Characters can mean multiple different things and sort of have a funny meaning and just you know, it's standard meaning. So you've got to sometimes have to be careful about what you say. <laughs> I guess. But as a foreigner, I don't think they would ever oh, assume no, that like so, oh oh yeah. get offended. I think it's kind of hard to offend people as a foreigner. Yeah. I mean, deliberate like they 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 usually give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So shall we have a word of the day? Mm, yes, please. So I'm going to go back to Gao Fu Shui, because I think that's a really common one. I don't know if it'll exist in our dictionary as one entry or not. I think it might, because I'm sure many, many moons ago I used it for something. Because there's also the female version, but I can't remember what that is. Oh, we'll have to look that up. It's white, beautiful, something. Oh. White, thin, and pretty or something? No, not thin. It's white and beautiful. There's definitely two of them in there, but I don't Mm. know what the other one is. Anyway, I'm sorry. Clever. Ah, yeah. So anyway, so this is kind of like a phrase. Uh, so to mean, like I said, it's similar to tall, dark, and handsome, but it's the Chinese equation of a perfect man, which is gao, which means tall, fu, which means rich, and shui, which means handsome. Mm-hmm. So gao fu shui. Yeah, uh, I'll link to those characters in our dictionary, or it might be if it's one word, I'll link to the word itself, and you can do that by going to writtenchinese.com slash episode 88, 
uh, where you can also find links to all the things that we've mentioned in this episode, including links to our written Chinese dictionary and our online dictionary. And what else? Anything else? Now? Well, nothing else except to remind you to leave us a review if possible. Yes, and sorry to pester you about that, but uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, please send us a voicemail at writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Yes, please. And thank you. Tune in again next week. Bye. Bye.